Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Abby. She is passionate about showing moms how to have it all and create a business from home. She is the founder of SuccessfulFreelanceMom.com, where she teaches mothers how to break into freelance writing and create high paying jobs for themselves where they can continue to work from home with their kids. Today's conversation is super fun and we all three kind of get like really passionate about this topic because we're talking about procrastinating and procrastinating when it's kind of more fun and sexier than actually, I don't know, making money in your business and doing the hard stuff. So Abby kind of breaks down the stuff that you are dangerously procrastinating on that's wasting your time and energy and the things that you should be focusing on instead in order to see profit faster, to get clients faster, and to create that business even when you might have like a slew of kids at home or mental illness or I don't know, cancer pops up in your family. Abby has a bunch of crazy scenarios that she's been put through with her entire family. So give this one a listen if you've ever thrown out these excuses before, because I feel like this is going to really shift your mind in a new way. Hey, Abby, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. This is not going to be confusing at all with both of us being named Abby. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll just be like, Abby, can you say, (laughs) when you guys just interact the whole podcast. Yeah. So I'm pumped to have you on the show and really dive deep into this topic today. It's something we've talked about in passing, I feel, but haven't really like spent a whole episode hammering to your brain. So we're going to be really talking today about procrastination and how you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And so it all stemmed from this blog post we found of yours and fell in love with. So talk to me a little bit about what inspired you to even bring up this topic with your audience. 
Sure. So I work with moms who are at home with kids mostly. And so there are a lot of excuses and a lot of these excuses are not, I don't want to give moms all the credit here because other people use these excuses too. When you're starting a business, it's scary. And there's a lot that you have to do that's outside of your comfort zone. So the thing that we do as humans when we're scared about change like that is we look for ways not to change. And the way that we do that is we procrastinate. And we especially love to procrastinate with things that feel like we're making progress when we're really not. So I'm probably going to alienate a lot of people now, but I have a thing against branding boards. Whenever I see a post in a Facebook group about, hey guys, what do you think about my branding board? My immediate response, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> my immediate response is like, do you have any clients? I mean, like, why are you making a branding board? Is that going to bring in money? So, you know, I have, I have students who all the time, who spend a lot of time asking me, well, when should I build a website and how should I do that? And they want to spend weeks and weeks on these things. And my goal with my students is start making money. So, you know, that's the thing. Like when I yes. created my yes. my signature yes. course, I called it writing yeah. for money because I'm really big on the money part. I don't want to see people spending weeks mm-hmm. and months and years on these things that feel good. And they feel like I'm working on my business. I'm choosing my fonts yeah. and I'm building a website and I'm getting clear on my strategy. No, you're not. You're procrastinating. <laughs> No, you're not. That's I right. call BS on that. Well, what's funny about this conversation is, you know, we haven't had it on the podcast, but I feel like we've had it, you know, when we're working one-on-one with our students or when we hear that all of these excuses pop up in our community. And I always feel like I come in like this giant, like negative Nancy that's like, BS, 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 BS. These are excuses and these are lies that you tell yourself to hold you back from doing the scary work, right? Mm-hmm. But What's also interesting is is how I feel empowered to have this conversation now is I finally feel a little bit more freedom and being <laughs> even more harsh about it, which my, our audience is probably like, Ugh. <laughs> now that I'm a mother, because prior to Penny being here, I've only been a mom for about 13 months, but prior, and Abby and I had these discussions, my Abby and I had these discussions, <laughs> um, we felt kind of harsh for being like, no, you're making excuses. No, you're wasting your time. No, you're letting yeah, these things slip. We didn't have kids. We did not have kids. And so... So it was like, are we like being too mean? Are we like, Slash, we hadn't been through it. Right, exactly. So, like we were like, are we just saying these things because that's the season of life that we're right. in? Like, were we able to give our business this much time because we didn't have kids? And so do other people who have kids, are they like, don't even because you don't know what it's like, <laughs> but I want you to tell our listeners, not only are you a mother, but like, give us the rundown of the, 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 of of type of mother that you are being these days and have been? Sure. So I have five kids, which is a lot of kids, (laughs) right? That's a lot of kids. And they are currently ages eight through 18. But I tell people they were not always that old. They used to be like two days through 10 years. And that was really hard. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of time. Now in my house, so five kids, one husband, one mom, and I have my middle son I had these two beautiful daughters and I thought I knew everything about being a parent. I had the whole thing figured out. And then my son was born, my middle child. And 
like from the second he was born, the midwife was like, oh, something's not right here. And I was like, what are you talking about? So, so my son has, is developmentally disabled. He has a very rare syndrome. So, you know, his whole life he's been through therapies. We were in the NICU. And I will say that even when I had a kid unexpectedly in a NICU for 11 days, I met my deadlines with my clients because that's what responsible grownups do. And, uh, and then I had two more kids after that. And the fifth one was born missing an ear. So which in our house, we're like, you know, you got to find more to bring to the table. That's just not doing it for us. Um, so, you know, details. Um, and then the the one, my middle son, who is developmentally disabled, was doing, you know, beautifully. Like we worked very hard and did a ton of therapy, which certainly took a lot of time. And so I got good at doing work in places like waiting rooms while my son was in occupational therapy. And I was, you know, building, I mean, I've worked as a freelance writer for like 20 years. I'm really old. I'm 42. I'm like, you know, my kids are like, you're practically dead. I don't know why we even talked to you. Yeah, totally. So, you know, it was rough times back in the day when we didn't have the internet. Anyway, I, I was finally getting my business to this point where it was really getting exciting. And I, my kids were in full day programs and I was able to start expanding and taking on bigger clients and larger projects because I had these bigger blocks of time available to me. And that was 2013. And my son was just about to turn 10 years old and he was diagnosed with leukemia. And like the whole world fell apart. Like, the just crazy. Like the air sucks out of the room. You can't breathe. You can't hear right. You're like, wait, what did you say? And cancer. And you think, oh my God, what's going to happen? It was horrific. It was so, so bad. And, and I've spoken publicly about this a lot because I think it's important. And it's, it, I mean, it was really, I can't even put into words. If you have a kid, you know, like it's the scariest thing in the world to think that something could happen to your kid and there's nothing you can do about it. So I obviously shut down my freelance writing business. And I spent the next three years in the hospital and with my kid and not knowing what was happening. And then after a long time, my kid was better and he came home and I was supposed to go back to work. And I didn't quite know how to deal with clients for sure. I didn't know how to deal with, I was like, I can't even take that crap. And yeah, so I like, I I deal with a lot of stuff. There's a lot that goes on in my house. And my husband also travels a fairly insane amount for work. We just did some calculations and discovered that in 2017, he was out of the country 170 days. So that's a lot. Yeah. Abby. (laughs) So, yeah. I I think so many of us have baggage and we're just scared about it. And like, hearing you, I'm like, man, my my life is pretty good. but, But also like, the fact that you are able to power through and really put your priority on taking care of your family and then ultimately growing a successful online business. I, I find it interesting. You talked about some of the things that you see people working on that are just a giant waste of time. Things mm-hmm. like vision boards, branding, an about me page, a beautiful website, figuring out your niche yeah. or your niche. Your niche what, niche. Whatever. <laughs> Creating services and packages and attending conferences all over the states. And- That's my big like pet peeve. I'm like, girl, what are you traveling <laughs> for? You have no money. You don't know who you're talking to. Like, right. no, absolutely. Listen. And so, like, with all of that in mind, like, I know some people are going to be like, 
then what am I supposed to do? Well, girl, wake up call. It's called work. Like you're supposed to find some, do it and get paid. So talk to me about how you can have people get laser focused on money in their business. Yeah. So what I can tell you is a year ago when I started Successful Freelance Mom, it's literally having its one year birthday this month. It's very exciting. Birthday. I know it's my sixth baby. It's very exciting. Um, so I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I knew I wanted to teach moms who are at home with kids how to get started in freelance writing. And the goal was get them making money immediately and figure out all the other stuff afterwards. Because I feel like that's where you know a lot of the a lot of people come into a business. With first of all, with the mindset of I want to, I, I hate my job and I want to quit it, or I'm desperate for money and I really need to make some. So I, you know, I don't, I right. So I don't advocate, you know, trying to start a business when you are desperate to get money in the door because you're operating from this terrible place of I will do anything, just pay me, and, and that's not you know a healthy place to be. But my point is when I started teaching moms, so at two points that I want to make. One, when I built this business, successful freelance mom, I had never built an online business before. I had no clue what I was doing. So I jumped in. I said, all right, what do I want to do? I want to teach these moms how to get started in freelance writing. I will hold a webinar and pitch my course, which I have not written yet. That's you know, what we did. There you go. <laughs> so, That's exactly what we did. So, oh, yay. So I am going to be you when I grow up. Yay. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> So that's why I, you know, I held a webinar, which I, you know, I know how to do any of this stuff. And I'm sure that there were better ways to do it, but that was okay. I was all about the experimentation, getting out there and doing things. So I had the webinar and I pitched the course and I enrolled 13 students in the course. I remember at the time I had a list of like 87 people. So it was, uh, it was crazy. This is, and- bana- like, this is, <laughs> this is bananas to hear because I, this same. So, yeah, so, you know, I started and then I had I had to write the course because I had told these students that we were going to be starting on a certain date, right? So that was for me, that was a great way to jump in and do stuff. And that's also what I teach my students. Like when I start with them, I make them do, I believe in a strong business foundation. I believe time, habits, and mindset have to be in place before you can do anything else. If you don't know what you're doing with your time, then you're wasting a lot of it. And we'll talk about that some more. You've got to have the right mindset. You've got to stop saying the things to yourself like, I can't do this and I don't know how to do this. You've got to stop with all that and just move past it. And habits, I'm really about creating smart habits where you, it's not just about automating processes, but it's about making them automatic for yourself so that you know, every morning when I wake up, I need to pitch three potential clients. And and that's such an ingrained thing in your mind that your day feels a little bit off if you don't do that. So that's those are the strategies that I teach. And then the second week of my course is always about choosing your niche. And I tell them niche, niche, whatever. I'm like, you can you can spend the next eight months <laughs> telling me that you can't figure out what you want to write about. But until you can tell me what you want to write and who you want to write it for, you can't get clients because you don't know what you're pitching. You have no idea. Now, yep. I just sent out an email to my list the other day saying, I really feel like some of you want me to tell you like about the secret website called the clients are here. So, (laughs) you know, like if I would only tell you where that is, then you could get work too. And I'm just so mean. Buy that URL and direct your course. I I absolutely thought about it for a couple of minutes there. And then I was like, you know, it's just, I kept telling them, you guys gotta move on and, 
figure out what you want to write and be able to, to hone in on that. And that's the only way you're going to find the clients. You will not find the clients by kicking around whatever. No. It just doesn't work. No. The funny thing about all of that is even if they were to find out here at theclients.com and the clients are right there, there are no chance that you're going to get those clients if you don't know the message, if you don't have like a, like any of the things that actually sell your products or services. I saw some posts today in our group of like, okay, like I have an opt-in and I've got people signing up for that. And then, you know, the first email is, okay, here's your opt-in because I promised them something. And then I don't know what to say. What should I say? I don't have the answer to that. Like you just have to put some words out there and if they like it and resonate with it, then you found the right words. Like there is no secret anything. There is no secret. And and that's, you know, that's a hard pill to swallow for some people. I think also there's this whole, they say, start a blog. It's super easy. It's not easy. There's actual work involved in creating a business. And I know that I could sell significantly more courses if I promised you that you would make $8 million in two months. I choose not to do that because... you know, I was reared by by smart parents who taught me that at the end of the day, what you have is your integrity and you don't lie to people. And I don't believe in that. So, you know, I'm all about the truth. And I explain to my students when you start building your business. So if you're a mom at home, let's say with kids, right? And you you don't have a lot of time. And I have been there. Believe me, I have been there. If you can only find seven to 10 hours a week to work on your business, then that's where you start. So look for an hour in your day and it doesn't have to be a solid hour. You can break that up into two half hour chunks. And if you honestly want to tell me that you can't find two 30 minute chunks in your day, then you don't want to have an online business. You want to make excuses. And I really truly believe that in my heart. I believe and again, like you, I'm a little bit mean and I, you know, I feel like I managed to do stuff even when I thought I was going to lose my kid. I mean, I didn't have a lot of options. I had to get out of every morning because I had four other kids. I had to replace, I had to switch out my husband. My husband did nights at the hospital and he went to work every morning during that time. And so he slept at the hospital and then I would come in the morning and switch him out and he would go to work. And then after work, he would come home and see our other kids and take a shower. And then he would come and relieve me at the hospital and I would go home to sleep. Okay. It was a nightmare, but I still, you know, the bar was pretty low. So none of the other kids died. So yay. And, you know, yeah, I'm sure I didn't have a great looking house. I had help from other people, but I managed to do the you know, the basic things that you need to do to keep a family running and alive. And there was always food in my refrigerator and there was always gas in the car and the electric stayed on, you know, like we took care of those things. And so I don't cut people an enormous amount of slack. I've been there where I'm doing client work in waiting rooms while my kid is having occupational therapy. I've been there where I have to stay up late at night to finish something because my kid was home with the flu and I didn't plan on that. So, you know, those were the things that I've done over the years. And so now when I hear from moms who tell me, oh, I just, I can't do this because I don't have time. What are you spending your time on? So I make people track their time for a full week. They have to track it and show me what, and I'm not telling them this to do that, to say, oh, look how you're wasting time. But I want you to be aware of how you're spending your time. If you are making a choice and, you know, so in my daily life, I don't watch TV. I save TV for um, when I'm on vacation, I watch TV. When I, if I, if there's a new season of The Walking Dead, then I promise you, on my calendar, I will have blocked out three afternoons to sit and watch it 
But I'm very conscious of that choice. So in my day-to-day life, I don't watch television. In my day-to-day life, I do read a ridiculous amount for pleasure because I decided that's something that's a priority for me. And I want to spend time on that every single day. So if you make a choice and say, at eight o'clock at night, I want to watch six hours of Netflix, own that choice. Don't let it just happen to you. Say, I'm making the choice to spend six hours. And you know, if you make that a choice, then I will respect your choice. Maybe not respect, but yeah. I, will, I will allow that that is your choice. You know, we all make choices all the time. I, for the past yeah. year, when I was growing this business and building this business, I basically... Yeah. I said no to my friends a lot. You know, I, my friends would say, well, we're going out for breakfast. Are you going to come with us? I can't. I'm working. And, and they got that, you know, and that was hard because I wasn't used to saying no like that. But when you, you have to decide what your priorities are. So if your priority is, I want to build a business, then that has to be your priority. You can't say, I want to build a business, but I want to watch TV more. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I see so many people talking about their lack of time. And if you literally added up the amount of time you scroll through Facebook and Instagram Mm -hmm. alone Mm -hmm. and just replace that with working, like there's an app that can track your time that you spend on different social media apps on your phone and it gives you a report and it's eye opening. It is very eye-opening and it's, you know, and I don't even make my students do it with, with high-tech tools. I say use a Google sheet or even a pad and paper and just write down what you're doing every half hour, but do it for a full week and own it. And, you know, if you spent, and I'm not saying that time, like I had one mom who was like, so after I nurse the baby, I noticed that I'm holding her for 20 minutes before I put her down. And I was like, you're not understanding me. I am not saying put down your baby. 20 minutes holding your baby is an important thing. That's not a bad thing. But be aware of that. Remember that that's 20 minutes that you're holding your baby and being there for her. So don't then say to yourself, oh, I don't spend any time with my kids. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So be aware of what you're spending your time on. I I have moms who tell me I spend all day cooking and cleaning. And I'm like, really? Do you live in Downton Abbey? Like, how are you spending all day doing? What are you doing all day? It feels like you are. I get that. But if you actually look at the time you're spending on that, it's far less than you think. You know, we do, we give ourselves tasks that make us feel good because we know how to complete them. Yeah. You know, they have like, it's just, it feels good to cross things off a list. And the problem is that that list has nothing to do with growing your business. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Talk to me about some some mindset stuff. So coming from the situation where it was your children going through the crap and the junk and you were the, the shepherd of that, right? Obviously, I'm sure there were times of anxiety, depression, thoughts, lack of energy, all of the things. And I know that our Abby here at TCC has gone through the same things with her chronic illness and her you know brain stuff from her accident. There are days where like, my brain is mm-hmm. not on today. I cannot work. So how do you deal with some of those mind funks? And a lot of our audience deals with mental illness in the sense that they're having to gear right. themselves up, not their kid, not gather their kids going through the stuff. It's their crap. So what do we do when it's that? Well, let me tell you after when my son was released from the hospital, you know, you know, like when you're pregnant, there's all this focus on how to give birth. And then you give birth. And what nobody tells you is that like, between 12 and 72 hours later, they're going to hand you an actual human being and tell you, take it home and take care of it. Like, keep it alive, please. How they let me leave the hospital with my baby? I don't like, understand. I don't, so I felt like it was the same way with the end of cancer. Like during cancer treatment, we, we lived in the hospital. I mean, my son was almost never released. He had massive side effects and infections and all these complications and whatever. And so we were there all the time. And even when we were outpatient, we were coming in on an almost daily basis. So we were seeing medical professionals all the time. So I felt like they would be on top of it if something was not right. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, you can go home now. And I was like, well, what do we do if he has a fever? And they're like, you 
like give him some Tylenol. And I'm like, what? What does that even mean? So like I came home and I felt like there was no actual preparation. And then my kid went back to school and everybody figured, okay, he's better. So you're better. And I was not better. (laughs) I was so not better. I was spending, like I would get my kids and my husband outdoor in the morning and I would be okay for that part. And they would all leave and I would lock the door and I would sit on my kitchen floor and cry. I mean, I sobbing, like everything that didn't, because you don't have time to deal with it when you're in that moment. So all of the processing happened afterwards on my kitchen floor. So when you know I'm in this dark, dark place and to uh, get past it, the thing that I did is I started thinking, beyond myself. Like instead of focusing on me and how this is this horrible thing happened, I decided a couple of things. One, I decided that I could look at what can I do to help other people to get outside of myself. And two, I really decided I have to make a choice. I can spend the rest of my life saying, oh my God, this horrible thing happened to me and to our family and how will we recover? Or I could say, you know what? This is amazing. We Thank God we live now and not 50 years ago because today we have the medicine and the technology and we were able to do this and we survived this. It didn't destroy us. And I'm going to look for the joy. And I really started taking that to heart. So it was really the combination of two things for me. One, it was getting outside of myself and creating this course that would help other women create a business and an income and an independence for themselves, which really excites me. And the other piece of it was deciding very consciously, I'm going to look for the joy. So I wrote, I turned 40 two years ago, so old. I made a list of 40 things I'm grateful for. And it included things like Wi-Fi, because we never think about the Wi-Fi until it's not working. And then we're like, like, we need to take a moment and really appreciate the fact that we no longer have to be tethered to our internet connection, like animals, you know, like, Come on, we can sit on the couch and use Wi-Fi. It's so awesome. Right? You know, and I have things like I'm grateful for salted caramel. Like after we discovered salted caramel, why would anybody eat regular caramel? I don't even understand. Um, but you know, like, and I look for the joy in all kinds of everyday things. Like many, many times throughout my day, I will think to myself, is there anything better than whatever I happen to be doing in that moment? If it's drinking my cappuccino, if it's watching my kids yeah. when their heads yeah. are so close together that I can't tell where one of them ends and the other one begins. If it's feeling the hot water bottle against my feet at night, you know, whatever it is, I'm like, this is awesome. Is there anything better than this? You know, making a grilled cheese sandwich with brie and sharp cheddar. Oh, oh my God. Nothing better. <laughs> nothing better. So I'm all about the joy. I'm all about, you know, finding that in, in everyday moments and, and, cherishing it. Yeah. I think it's so important. I the just a couple of days ago, I was reflecting on some of the changes that have happened in our business over yeah. the last couple of years and talked about some of the most important things and like the fact that we can easily generate income that supports not just one family, but two families and a team of people. Mm-hmm. And I work less than I ever have before. And I make more than I ever have before. And it's like, I, we literally were just sitting on the phone for 20 minutes. Like, how is what we built possible? (laughs) And like, 
you have the power within yourself to create these possibilities. And whatever that looks like to you, whatever that dumbfounded, oh my God, is this my life? Whatever that looks like to you is possible. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I tell my students is, you know, when they say to me, well, what should I choose for my niche? I want the most profitable one. I'm like, look, there is no such thing as a most profitable niche. You can make money writing about toilet paper. I know someone who does that, you know, like you have to pick what you want. I can't tell you what your, what your thing should be. I can't do that for it. No one can, you have to choose it. And if you spend the next eight months or eight years thinking about it, that's all that time that you didn't do it. So, you know, yeah, it's, or waiting for someone to tell you what it is, because I think it, even if someone were, it's not the thing that's driving you. It's not the thing that's soul changing for you. And I think so many people think that they're married to their audience and their product and their service. Like as soon as they open the doors to their business, and as soon as they cut that ribbon, that's what they're doing for the rest of their lives. And we've talked about our pivot many times here at TCC, but Although the general scope of who we're talking to and the tone has stayed the same, like that person has shifted where they're at and their life has shifted. Our products have obviously shifted. Like we've gone from one-on-one to totally digital. Like all of that stuff has just like when the doors have opened and when when we want to go down that new path, we just pay attention to those things. And so it doesn't have to be this pressure filled, like, but I have to get it perfect the first time. No, totally not. You know, and the other thing I tell students all the time is, you know, just because you pick X as your niche doesn't mean that that's the only thing you get to write about for the rest of your life. One, you can change your niche in the future if you want to. Two, if you like, you know, if somebody comes to you and offers you an opportunity to do something else, you don't have to say to that person, oh, no, my niche is this, so I'm not going to do I mean, you can choose that. You can say, no, actually, I don't want to do that because my focus is on this. But it's your business and you get to make the rules. And when I told, when I tell people that, you know, they, they can actually change their niche if they want to, and, and I really encourage, you know, sticking with something for at least six months so that you really know that you actually made an attempt to make it work and whatever. But you can change it if you really hate it. If you work at it for six months, although I don't know why you would pick a niche that you like might wind up hating. Like to me, that's just a, it seems like a strange decision to make. So for when, you know, I, when I started building successful freelance mom to teach moms how to get started in freelance writing. So I stopped taking on freelance writing clients for the time that I began building the business, because as you might know, building a business is a heck of a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. So I, I stopped taking on freelance writing clients. And then about four or five months ago, I was at a place where I felt like, okay, I've established school freelance mom. It's not done. It's not you know my vision of perfect, obviously, but it's in a good place. And I want to start bringing on that client work for myself again. It helps me stay current in freelance writing trends. It helps me be up on what are people putting in contracts these days. It's good for me to still be connected to that world as I'm teaching my students. But I decided I really wanted to focus again, what brings me joy. And this may sound a little bit weird, but the thing that I love to do is to write email sequences and sales pages. But I got really specific. I said, I only want to work with women period, end of discussion. I mean, guys are okay, but like, come on, they're just annoying. So they're smelly and whatever. Yeah. So um, (laughs) didn't want to deal with it. So I said, I only work with women. I only work with women in, you know, who have online businesses. And I only work with women who have online businesses who are in a certain place in their business. Again, 
this comes down to knowing who you're talking to. I know what my work is worth. I know what I want to be earning. I'm not going to get that from a woman who is just starting a business and has like $4 to invest. I believe in what she's doing, but I can't work for $4 because I have five kids and they eat a lot. So, you know, I know what I want to be charging and I know who's going to pay for that. So that becomes about connecting with the right people. So I know the spot in the business where, where these women need to be and where I can be most helpful to them and start, you know, implementing those automated sequences that really do the work for them. So for me, getting in touch with that piece, it, number one, it's a fun thing for me to do. The work doesn't feel like work, which is always the goal. I tell my students, pick a niche that you love because you want to wake up in the morning and think, I get to work on her copy. That's amazing. You don't ever want to be like, oh, I have to do that thing. Like, why have your own business? You could have a job and do that. Like, if you're going to be miserable, why are you at least not having health insurance? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's my take. I, well, I think it's, it's so critical. And it's when, when you're able to like, I know at the beginning of this, we're like, F your niche, you don't need to figure <laughs> that out. But it's, Once you get established and you're making money and you have the foundations built and the habit set and the mindsets in the right place, you can get picky and you can get particular. Mm-hmm. And it's when you do that, that I feel like you are chasing a joy of, I I know other areas would, would still pay you money, right? Guys or different businesses or whatever, but we're able to be that particular and serve those people even better because of that's our happy place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, and I, again, that comes back to the joy. So yeah, I think the point, it's not, it's not so much like I mean, yes, I hate when I see people wasting their time on picking a niche because it's not something that should be a four month process. It should be something that it it should be the thing that when I say to you, what do you want to write about that thing that you wanted to say, but you didn't say that's what it should be. Yeah. Like it's just on the tip of your tongue. You just have to admit it. Yeah. Right. I I do coaching calls sometimes. Right. Exactly. You know, and I do coaching calls with students and, and I literally, I will go 12 rounds with them where I say, what do you want to, well, I want to make money. Right. But what do you want to write about? And when I finally get them to say something like, well, you know, I struggled with infertility for six years or, well, I have this chronic health issue, but there's no way I can make money from that. And I'll give them 15 ways off the top of my head to make money from that in writing, you know, specifically, like I will give them a specific plan, do A, B, C, D, E, and F, and then come back to me and we'll have another coaching call. You know, so like I do these one-off calls with students where like I literally, they walk away after an hour with a full action plan. And it's like, at this point, it's up to you. You have to either act on that or you can just stick it in a drawer and forget about it. So uh, yeah, it's, (laughs) you can stick it in a drawer and then you can edit your WordPress template and then you can change your logo and then you can, (laughs) let me tell you, I had my logo done on Fiverr because I am super cheap. Um, and, uh, yep. you know, and I had it done in like half an hour. I always look for the people who are like, I will return it to you in 45 seconds. And I'm like, great, that's who I want. And, um, yeah. and you know, it wasn't Fire. perfect, but then I gave it to my friend and said, now I'll pay you to do like an hour of work. Cause that's what I can afford from you. And, you know, and she got what I wanted and, and did it. And that's it. And that's the same logo that I have now. So I've had it for a year and, I mean, there's also the fact that I don't care about yeah, I don't pictures care. and images. I'm all about the words. Like when I make pins for Pinterest, I try to make them full of words. And all the people are like, Abby, you can't do that. Pinterest is not about words. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> My Pinterest is. No. Right. I think I've been the same for three years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, and I, I have to admit as 
a previous branding expert. <laughs> like, like I, I say it all the time. I was just, I was in the business of making money. And so obviously I can sell the fact that you need a brand, sure. but on the other side of it, now that I don't do that anymore, yeah, we're it's alive. really easy to admit that it's not necessary. You don't need it to start. Uh, I think it's a really good thing. You know, no. once you're an established business, once you are getting money. So one of the things that I teach my students that's very different from anybody else teaching freelance writing, at least that I'm aware of, I tell them don't build a website until you have steady clients. I tell them you can use LinkedIn as your website. You can use even sites. So there are some you know, job board sites where in the past I've had very good strategies for using them. Lately, the sites have changed. Therefore, I'm not naming them because I no longer recommend them. But, you know, there are places that you can be using as your online resume and get the clients that way. And only when you are making steady money, now you know how much you can budget for a website. Because if you're bringing in 1500 bucks a month, you don't want to spend $4,000 on a website. You want to spend $400 on a website. So that's going to limit you know, your choices, but you can certainly get a website that gets the job done for 400 bucks. And you can upgrade it over time. You know, if you're, like, if you're a mom and you're at home with kids and the time that you have to invest in your business is whatever, 15, 20 hours a week. And that's what you have. So that's the time that you're spending on, you know, client work and building your business. That's, that's what you have. I get that. You do not want to be wasting that time on the stuff that doesn't matter. What you need to think about everything you're doing is how is this making me money? And if it's not making you money, then it's not worth your time. Mm -hmm. Period. Totally. End of sentence. I agree. (laughs) It's an a very hard pill to swallow at mm-hmm. first, but if your goal is to do anything as a business owner, like I don't know why money isn't involved. Like right. otherwise it's just a hobby. It's just something you're kind of sort of doing over here. And once you have the money factor, like now all of a sudden you're a business. Yep. Like well and I, I wanna before we head into talk strategy to me, yeah. I wanna end this this part of the conversation with the last sentence of your blog post because I wanna like stamp it on everyone's forehead. <laughs> when you're ready to start earning actual money, figure out what you wanna write and who you wanna write it for and start pitching those clients. And this goes for any business. When you're ready to start earning actual money, figure out what you wanna sell and who you wanna sell it to and go pitch it to those people. It's simple. It's not sexy, but it works. Exactly. It's not sexy and it's scary as hell. It's hard and it's out of your comfort zone. And you feel like if you work on the vision board and the website and the the niche and the tagline, that those things are going to help you build that confidence to pitch to those clients. It's not. Those things aren't going to, they're not armor shields that will help you do it. it. You just have to say, I have this thing and you should buy it. Yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Okay, so let's head into talk strategy to me. And let's let's gear this towards moms who are wanting to start freelancing. I know we didn't do a whole lot of like action steps of how to's. But if we're if we're gonna like zone it down to three to five action steps without procrastinating on stuff that doesn't matter, where should they be focusing their attention? Okay, so the first thing is to find that seven to 10 hours in your week that you can spend on your business. And that's seven to 10 hours where you are not the primary caregiver for a child. So if that means that you need to make an arrangement with your husband or with a friend, there are really creative things to do for childcare. You don't have to pay for childcare if you don't have money. You can swap hours with another mom. 
You can bring a middle school student to push your baby in the stroller for an hour or to watch your kids in another room in your house. A high school student can take your kids out of the house or can be with your kids in the house while you leave the house. Even if you have a gym membership, if you are paying for something, they often have childcare. Use their Wi-Fi. Correct. So seven to 10 hours where you are not the primary caregiver for a child or children that you can be focused on your business. Now, once you have that seven to 10 hours, what should you be doing? The first thing that you need to do then is to, so I guess this would be number two, is to figure out what you want to write and who you want to write it for. Do not give yourself more than like three hours to decide that. It's the thing that comes to you and that you say, well, but I'm not sure. You can. You can make money from it. I promise. If you really need to, email me and I'll tell you how. And, (laughs) you know, that's that you have to pick what you want to do and who you want to do it for. That's critical. Once you have that down, Really, the next thing to do is to go and connect with those people. It's talk to those people. It's meet with them. The thing is, if you want to have an online business and make money, at some point, you're going to have to sell something to someone. And it's not going to be icky or smarmy if you're doing it in the right way. If you're actually providing value that people want and need, that's okay. You're allowed to do that. So, I mean, that's really, it's totally unsexy and it doesn't, you know, there's no good taglines for it. And like, it's hard to, I don't know, title a course, something fun that, that, you know, it make a jillion dollars, but that's really what it comes down to. It's find the time for your business. It's figure out what business is and who you're selling to. And then get out there and pitch those people. I have, you know, like you can break that down into 900 million steps or you can say, you know what, I'll screw up my first 20 pitches and I'll take the feedback that I get from them and then I'll do it the right way. You can absolutely do this. You just have to be more afraid of not doing it than you are of doing it, I think, in the end. Period. So much of that. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us this afternoon. And uh, tell us a little bit about where people can hang out with you online and learn more. And I hear you have a new sexy opt-in. So let's talk about that too. Ooh, I do have a sexy opt-in. It's very exciting. So I am at SuccessfulFreelanceMom.com and I have a Facebook group called The Writing Mom Collective. So I would love to see you in either of those places. And if you visit SuccessfulFreelanceMom.com forward slash strategy, you can get my sexy new opt-in and my older but also sexy opt-in. So the my typical opt-in is my on how to be a freelance writer, five-day free email course, super fun, lots of information. Um, great starting place if you've thought about this, but you have no idea where to start, or if you've never thought about this, but you think that doesn't sound so bad, it's a cool place to start. But the super sexy thing that I think you guys are really going to love is I've just created a course on how to write an awesome email sequence because I love writing them, but not everybody else does. So I have a whole like workbook. It's like 13 pages that takes you through every step of writing an email sequence and how to do it and what goes in it and how much information you should give away and what you should be doing and what you should be saying and how to map out that whole sequence and how it fits into your larger business process. So it's pretty exciting. I'm super proud of it. I worked like a crazy woman on it for weeks and I'm excited to share it with you guys. So enjoy. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. 
we're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details really love this show, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.